1: What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of NFT three sixty five, and I just want to you know add a little here on the front end uh, before we get into the podcast uh, interview. Um, you know, the I have some amazing guests in the works, and I don't believe. Uh, in censorship. I think that the beauty of this decentralized world is that we are moving away from this need to censor. But I also wanted to give uh, kind of forewarning uh, on this episode. Uh, we, there is some language used uh, within uh, the episode. So hopefully if, you're, if that is bothering you or you're listening around children, uh, you can make that decision yourself. But uh, great information shared. Hopefully you enjoy uh, the ride. And now to the interview. Cheers. Yes, 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 yes. As I say, do your own damn research. Welcome back to another episode of NFT three sixty five, and this this episode will actually be a little bit about uh, doing your own damn research. But the cool part will be we're going to connect some dots uh, back to a little bit of back to the even uh, my origin or kind of discovery of NFTs. Uh, I've mentioned it in past episodes of the show about uh, kind of my first NFT that I bought a couple NFTs that were on random sites, but my first. Uh, I would like to say PFP NFT that I purchased was actually the Blazed Cat uh, NFT, which is actually my current PFP of my of my personal account right now. And I still own uh, the first one that was gifted to me from a actually from a past guest, uh, Gary Henderson. Uh, and then that same day that he gifted me one, I decided to buy one myself um, that same day and then uh, bought a third. And uh, you could say it was all history from then. Um, and I say history as in, uh, crazy history, good history, and um, so Tom, who is our guest, you might be to blame as much as you you know can get some credit for a little bit about the uh the blaze cats that we'll talk about here in a minute, but uh, you know for those that are joining you, know, part of the the beauty about this space, uh, you know, is connecting dots and how people kind of discover. You know, we had a, a recent interview where I was able to interview uh, Major League Baseball pitcher Tyson Ross. Uh, Tyson kind of shared his journey into NFTs, and I think part of the beauty of this space is definitely being able to connect dots, you know, kind of across the board. And, you know, I'd given uh, the team at blaze cats a kind of a shout out and they had reached out and said, Hey, actually there's some things about the project that you might not be aware of. And we had this really great dialogue and it was really, it was really cool to kind of understand things a little bit better. And I said, Hey, why don't we, uh bring you on the podcast and let's uh have a little chat. So that's kind of how this kind of all came together. So thanks everybody here. We're listening on Twitter Spaces as we record. So Tom, thanks for joining us. Give us a little background about yourself and uh connect the dots to us on uh Blaze Cats and you know your username of uh fucking Rug. Uh Mike's yours.
0: Yeah, most people here aren't going to know me as Tom. I I've been kind of indoctrinated as Rug. By against my own will at first, but it just kind of fell into it. But um, yeah, I am just a guy. I invent technology, um, try to do things that nobody else has done. I work with a team of people at a company we have called Rug Tech. Um, I'll get into the naming of that here soon. Um, But what we do, like I said, is we create bleeding edge technology. We kind of go out and find problems that need some engineering behind them and either build applications or app, applets or just like different pieces of software that solve this problem. So it started with a antagonistic NFT project, which was rug. What the fuck? And that ended up where we're at now with a full scale, non fungible technology company.
1: So we're definitely getting the technology because the technology is, uh, you know, that's my background as well. a Computer science uh, background uh, tech is where I like to play. and, you know, I would say you know like part of the the beauty of for me was kind of like thinking or believing some of the tech that exists on my early projects was kind of like, oh that's what every project will have and then I learned quickly that uh, there's a lot of copycat nfts, but there's not a lot of copycats of people kind of understanding the the tech or really innovative use cases for the tech so uh, I love that part of it so rug from the standpoint of you know, the, the rug WTF project, the, that one that came around, how did that kind of come to life? I know uh, I know a little bit about it from, just from, you know, doing a little bit of research, but talk to us a little bit about that project. I know that's your, I believe that's your PFP right now that you're uh, rocking and then we'll kind of get into some of the the tech that you've uh, deployed across different projects.
0: Hell yeah. Um, I would call rug WTF, like a performance art piece. Um, it just started with, I bought the domain. Um, I just, I saw someone tweeting about a rug or something like that like getting rugged. I just went to see if rug.wtf was available. It was. I was like, "Wow, that's a pretty fucking sweet domain name." I mean, how many people do you know that have six-letter domain names? That's pretty badass. So, I got it and I I had felt some type of way about like avatar culture and just PFPs in general and just all these adjective animal bullshit whatever and decided to just kind of put that out into the copy of the website. So if you notice, like the rug.wtf site is like nothing you would send like your mom or grandma. It's like all cussing at you, to call you an idiot, etc. But it really kind of like just showed my feelings at the time towards the market. Still largely how I feel about some of the kind of blind stupidity we see. Um, but that ended up, um, that project event, we, we sold digital rugs. So it was pictures of rugs that people bought. Um, eventually through, we push in a metadata update where we pulled the rug, meaning we took the rugs out of the JPEGs and all there was, was a dusty spot on the floor. And then finally we came up with the rug punks because some guy was talking shit in a tweet that said that we'll never make it anywhere because we're not an avatar project. But We switched to an Avatar project and we still haven't made it anywhere. So joke's on him.
1: (laughs) I love that. And I will say uh, the website, as you said, it's, uh, it's not PC or, uh, for your, your mom or grandma, but I appreciate the, um, you know part of it is like the humor in calling a spade a spade in, in many cases where uh you know a lot of these things do need to be called out and I will say you know on the podcast, you know this you know we're you know in the hundreds of ten you know one hundred and ten plus uh, episodes in a row uh every single day you know the the journey has been you know for for so many, right? there's a lot of this like you know, aha, you have like that aha moment, you kind of welcome into NFTs. But then there's a lot of other ones where you get your first rug pull, and then you get frustrated about, you know, the projects that are, they're not kind of going the way that you like. And, and I love that you're, you know, there's a little bit of like, you know, um I, w- I would say like your the tech is the tech or even the projects are a little bit of spite inspired, right? Like, like, oh, you don't think we'll do that, or, you know, pulling the rug back, which I think is, uh, extremely creative. I'm curious just from a you know standpoint of you getting, like what got you first into NFTs before any of this? I mean, you have a tech, I mean, I'm guessing tech background with, with that side of the house. So what was the thing that kind of got you first into NFTs?
0: Yeah. Um, I was, I worked in marketing technology for years, um, just developing technology to help marketers either like attribute traffic or get more traffic or just different things like that. Like gamify traffic, whatever. Um, some other stuff I did was generative ad design. So a lot of times, um, when you're running like ad split tests or things like that, you're trying to find differences that might make the difference between the, the couple percentage points in a conversion rate at that point. Like you just run hundreds of thousands of different color tests or type tests or just things like that. So the, the tech background was there in pieces. Um, I've been in crypto for a while, um, this 2015, 2016, I really got interested in it. And, um, so I, I, I knew all the te- tech backing behind it and I've worked with smart contracts before, like understood the token standards and whatnot. So jumping in, had a little bit more knowledge than most jumping in, but, um, just did what everybody did at that time and jumped into a couple clubhouse rooms that ended up lasting a few days on end and absorbed a ton of information and, Inevitably, quit my job, which which was with, I think at this point the leading marketing company in the world, um, as their sole tech developer. So I was at the time I left. I was, well, I was training up a new squad of people that would end up taking over for me. But for a good year there, I was the only one developing technology. So I've always kind of been a tech inventor. This is just more fun for me. Like it's more expressive. I don't have somebody to answer to. Um, and yeah, it's it's just the it's a better way of life.
1: I love it. I love it. And I wonder if in a in a past life we had some overlap there cuz it sounds like we uh, we might have uh in in some things that we were we were kind of both playing into. So, you know, early into crypto, you you kind of see that that view of, of NFTs. Um, you know, from a standpoint of, you know, the the early tech that you were looking at, was it initially like to solve a problem or was it to push like kind of the envelope and innovation say, I wonder if we can do this because for those that don't know, like, you know, the, the, you know, the quantum uh, metadata, I guess it's what we're referring to it by rug tech, you know, for what I can do with that uh, PFP that I have, I I pinned, I pinned up the actual original tweet. So August 6th uh, is when I tweeted out that I uh, officially was an owner of a blaze cats uh, NFT, Uh, you know, since that day, since that, you know, initial rollout. And then as the metadata rolled out, I haven't seen many projects that come across. Now, I, we happen to have uh, the Doji Crew is, is actually an NFT that we have in our collection here for the project. So I, I believe that one kind of ties in here as well. But I'm curious, like that early when you were looking at like, you know, how you were going to, you know, deploy tech or even, uh, you know, the role of the, the business side, was it to solve a problem or to kind of push innovation? Like what was that initial driving force?
0: What if the problem is not enough innov- innovation? You know what I mean? So maybe oh, it's, it's, I like what you did there. Dual-sided thing there. I think it's always solving a problem. I think I come from an engineering background, and a lot of our tech team are engineers, too. Uh, a lot of our team are here, actually. Just a quick shout-out to Roger, Crytek, Stoko. We got Agent L there. Um, Backman. We got a lot of our team here in the, um, in the audience, but we always go from a problem-solving background. So we're always, like Badges, for example, is a piece of technology we just rolled out that best way to explain is better than a poap. app. Um, it's, it's a way to commemorate experiences directly on your NFT. And it's just exactly how you would think. It's, it's badges that you can put on your NFT. Um, simple as that. But it came from a problem. And the problem was um, we wanted to do autographed NFTs. So if we had like a celebrity or somebody fun come by, we wanted an opportunity to have your NFTs Autographed if you were there in attendance, and we realized that that doesn't really scale because if we get like fifty people autographing an NFT and they're autographing near the same place, it's going to look like shit. So the the problem there was like, how, what UX can we introduce that's going to kind of organize that and put it into a way that scales? And that's where badges was born. Um, quantum metadata in itself, like the ability to change the state of an NFT to go back and forth between customs and Uh, frames and things like that to express yourself through your nft came from another problem um we initially did um dynamic nfts that's what they were called at first and that's where we would do sneaky customs on blaze cats and kind of change their appearance but people would or or the halloween costumes for instance and people would say like hey um this is cool but what if i want my original cat or what if i don't want this to be this spot what can i do so that's when we came up with quantum which is just a an nft that can exist in multiple states at once so it's all problem solving like when it comes back to it and i think that's going to be the case for any engineer you talk to
1: so so it's funny. So for you know the the overlap here is kind of beautiful. So we here I you know at the for the podcast you know I looked at PoOps as you know uh you know really you know and this is no offense to like the project but like for me it was always like it was a sticker chart or I put out the tweet that I called it you know it's the participation trophy for Web three where a lot of people are just kind of giving out these you know and I had, I was in New York for uh, you know uh, NYC NFT and or NFT and NYC I always say it backwards um. And I remember being like, okay, cool, but like this kind of like, you know, defeats the purpose. And so. What we launched here for the podcast was like, how can I give people an overlay on their profile photo, but allow them to still have their favorite profile photo, but I wanted to have them, you know, we wanted to be able to give them kind of like, uh, you know, a shout out from the podcast. So you'll see a couple of people here in the audience have uh, an NFT 365 overlap. And so what we do is we do kind of a, uh, a secret word uh, or a phrase a couple of times uh, each month. And then if you collect all of them for the month, we'll actually give you a, you know, mint an NFT version of that on there but we've been doing it a lot of it has been like upload back you know we're doing a lot of it uh, on our own kind of hacking things together so as soon as you said the badges and i saw the the tweet that came that went out with it as well i was like wow like this is and that's kind of where we were coming at it too was like i want to be able to you know give you know, people some you know give people you know not only celebrate the super fans and the people that are part of the of the project but we sold nfts to support the the fact that we're buying an NFT every day for a year, and we want to be able to acknowledge people want to celebrate that out, but we don't want that to be a PFP project for for that intensive purpose. So I love that you kind of kind of brought that to light in the the badges, and maybe we need to circle back on that on what we're doing kind of with the proof of podcast uh, conversation. But uh,
0: well, check us out, check us yeah. out real quick um, with badges. We any any NFTs, we call them quantum NFTs. So if they're quantum-enabled NFTs, they can have badges, they can have customs, they can have all that cool stuff. We're rolling out a, a suite here soon. Um, and by here soon, it means as soon as our resources get around to it. We have a big team, but we have big projects too, so we're pretty spread thin. But we have a feature called Wrap Quantum that's coming out, and it's, it's essentially going to be a way for you, for any NFT, to have the quantum feature set. So a board ape, for instance, um, we could wrap it in quantum And it would have the Badges drawer on it. It would have a customizer if there's customs available for it, um, so on and so forth. So the NFTs that you're talking about, you can utilize our Badges system. Um, Badges is built on top of another uh, piece of software called Roles, which is our Better Than a Collabland piece of software because, as we all know, Collabland gets kind of frustrating at scale. So we built something that worked for us and would work in more broadly, more broader use cases. So with Roles plus Badges... Plus, wrap quantum. You're able to facilitate these same experiences in more of a containerized environment without having to kind of come into our playground.
1: I I love that. I love that kind of that open ended side of it. We have we have a coin, uh, a creator coin on Rally, which is you know the side chain of, of Ethereum, and we actually use that. We have a custom bot with that in our Discord to. Design roles, uh, authenticate uh, as well because we are trying to get around, you know, not having to use Collabland, uh, but connecting those dots. Like, and I will say, like that's not my specialty on the engineering software side. I, I like to say uh, I figured out that I, my strength was translating the geek speak, uh, kind of playing between uh, the tech, or, the tech, and the those that will actually want to, you know, adopt the tech or, or leverage the tech. So I love that you have that um, that piece of it. And I think you know, this is for those that are listening to. I think one of the things you know, from the podcast perspective, a lot of what I've been trying to hammer home is that you know, not only do we have to find ways to innovate we have to find ways to adapt and and also add on ways that these things you know the the current way that we're doing things is just kind of like that base layer so i i love that you brought that up we're going to have to we're going to connect some dots there as well um so you, could you talk a little bit about blaze cats which i mentioned was one of the ones first ones that i get how did how did you know that all come uh to life and and uh, you know the quantum data there i remember it was the first one that I got the airdrop. I got the Oxheads uh, airdrop with that one, uh, with that uh, Blaze Cats, and then I remember the you know the Halloween uh, transformation. And what's really cool for those that are listening, just to kind of give you a visual, you know, I can now go right into my OpenSea. I can go scroll down to my uh, my Blaze Cat NFT, and right actually in OpenSea on the on the actual uh, you know on the actual PFP itself, I can actually change the metadata right there live on the actual uh, nft which uh, i don't know how many nfts can do that right now you probably know that, that answer but um i mean that to me is unlike anything else that's out there and so could talk us a little bit about that project and how that kind of came to life
0: blaze cats was a it was a quick to boot thing um, there was a tweet that went out i think it could, the conversation originated from the punks discord uh, where somebody, as uh, Sonarcats was getting ready to release, and Stoner Cats, if you don't know, is the um, the NFT project by Ashley kosher Mia Kunis, um, and a few others who are kind of creating some kind of web animation thing, whatever. Um, they had some problems with their smart contracts, so they were they had like a stutter step in getting launched. And somebody tweeted, wouldn't it be funny if the community uh, front ran them, um, did a relatively similar concept and launched before them? and um by i like challenges so i jumped in and i was like okay let's do this and we got into it um so we had andrew ham as artist um alan henna um we had a anon as our software or as as our smart contract developer still not sure who the guy was but um we got together and got um they pretty much great i don't even want to say copy of Sonar cats because what was created was Something that was completely different. It was. It was not. It was. It was cats with a a weird message, like against cash grabs. But what quickly um, started as just like an antagonistic piece to kind of say like fuck Kelso um, shifted quick because we found out that the stone the stoner cats were um, giving to what we would consider a nominal percentage of their share uh, their sales. Um, to charity um, I think they gave like a quarter million dollars to Alzheimer's research, research which isn't much which, I don't want to say which isn't much, which is a lot but comparatively to what they've made as a collection it um, didn't feel like it was it was that much so what we what we did was we decided the 25% was going to charity of the Mint and then all of the royalties we are going to um, directly donate to Mental Health America via the Giving Blocks um, smart contract that they have so um, that's been going since June, July, I believe. And um, since we've given over $300,000, I think over $320,000 to Mental Health America at this point. Um, and we've, I we think we're 10 times, the 10 times less the volume of stoner cats. So we've kind of eclipsed their their uh, charitable giving and um, we're still the small cats on the block. But um, regardless, I, we we kind of shifted away from just being explicitly antagonistic to celebrities and really focused on the charitable aspect of it because from what we could tell like we are the first to really embrace that all to charity um i guess mechanism and um blaze cats has really turned into the proving ground for a lot of the bleeding edge tech that we have coming out they were the first to receive the quantum metadata um they were the first to receive uh shoot i got an alarm going off hold on um, They're first to receive quantum metadata. The first to receive the customizer, um, and a bunch of other stuff like that. So, Blaze Cats and we're like any any of the stuff under our bro- umbrella are going to be the ones that you're going to see the the tech through first. But Blaze Cats always will be um, near and dear to us just because of what what it represents.
1: Well, and I will say it's it's near and dear to me as well because. Uh, kind of the other version of that, right? Like for me, you know, I'm a mental health advocate, my, you know, the coin being an ADHD coin. Uh, I remember that being like kind of the aha hook for me was like, wait a second, they're donating to, you know, mental health America the you know, like, and I I love like the blaze cats, you know, kind of like the mantra, the kind of the, uh, the idea of kind of being the anti for a lot of it as well. And, and, you know, I I will say like, I guess there's a there's an element of a kind of like unsung uh, aspects uh, of tech, right? And I and I, I think a lot of the correct me if I'm wrong. A lot of the tech that was kind of uh, you know originally implemented into uh, Blaze Cads that happened in the fall, right? I think a lot of it was the fall of last year. Is that correct?
0: No, I think it was a, this was the summer.
1: Okay, oh, so so it was a summer. Was, okay,
0: was before rugs. So this was this was like spring summer.
1: Wow. So I mean, so I mean, and I mean, it feels like that's like five years ago right now.
0: <laughs> no, this was after rugs. Damn, damn. My, my timelines are all fucked up. So this is we did rugs first, and then we did Blaze Cats right afterwards. So it would have been like tail end of summer, I would say.
1: Okay, yeah. Because so I mean, so I I mean, I got in on it. Whatever this is August August sixth is is what my tweet says. Um, but you know, I I think the the element of like innovation and where. Um, You're know, kind of pushing the envelope and also looking at other, like, you know, we could call them mass adopted tools like uh, you mentioned, um, like Collab Land, and figuring out ways to A, do it better, B, do it, you know, maybe even in, in a more, uh, you know, confined way where we're, we're actually leveraging you know, Web3, we're actually not, you know, requiring direct messages and especially in a world where those direct messages are a hot nightmare. Um. So talk to me a little bit about like, what are some, what's, you mentioned Um, the badges, you mentioned those pieces. What's some of the other tech that you're either excited about exploring or things that you're looking at? Like, hey, these are some problems that we're excited to um, kind of solve. What, give us some of that, like, taste of what you have going on.
0: Oh man, like every day, every day we're coming up with something new that is just riffing off of an idea that we have, like an annoyance that we're fixing. Um, Discord bots, for instance, like we've got some wild Discord bots. Um, one of our, uh, one of our employees, uh, Tierness, um, is pretty much our full-time API developer and just develops some wild stuff. So we have, um, essentially anything that we see that we think costs too much money or just doesn't offer enough features, we'll just go build it ourselves. Um, I'm sure you've all used tip.cc. Um, that's something that we'll be kind of making our own version of it that just kind of hammers over a couple issues that they have. Um, we have, we even have like the Kapska system getting into our server rather than just use like somebody else's. We have something where you have to identify whether the picture you're seeing is a rug, a floor or a rug punk. Um, just stuff like that. Like anything that we could build ourselves, we're going to do it ourselves just to offer it in the suite of everything we're doing. Some cooler stuff though. I don't know. We just released some stuff for Dizzy Dragons recently, um, at Dizzy Dragons NFT, if you want to check them out. They have World Wide Web 3 sprites. If you don't know what sprites are, they're just like frames of animations to make it look like their PFPs are walking in different directions. Um, So rather than just like kind of assist them in getting the sprites to them, what we did is we created another state for the Dizzy Dragons, which is a walking state. So you can see your Dizzy Dragon walking, and if you hit the WASD keys on your keyboard, you can either speed it up or change the direction of it. And also download a GIF of whatever orientation that you have it set in. So that there is my new favorite toy because it's like 10,000 little video game characters you can go play with in a collection. It's really badass.
1: I love that. And I like that. You know, I think that this idea of like what right, you know, definitely have a blank canvas right now of what. To kind of work off of, I'm curious for those that like you say you have a lot, you're working on a lot of projects, a lot of things going on. Who is like the ideal customer for you guys today? Like, uh, you know, for me, this isn't really shilling and pitching, but honestly, I think there we need more projects that are you know innovating, that are looking at you know even just what they're rolling out initially. Like, how can we do this better? How can we uh, think differently? So, how how are people working with you? Is it mostly you know established projects, projects that are pre-launch projects? Like, what does that kind of look like for those that are working with uh, Rug Tech?
0: Um, I would say most stuff that comes in is pre launch, um just coming through coming through our client portal. It's all gonna be people that are like either a month or two or sometimes a lot longer now. We have we have some clients who are building tech for it's not gonna be released till um like fall, September September area. So um typically that. Sometimes we'll have some save our ship type um like um scenarios where people come in and they just got something all fucked up or they need their smart contract looked at or there's just something going on with their website that's occasionally but we're, no, we're normally like going zero to hero with most of the clients that we have come through the door
1: nice so i'm curious you know i'm i'd love to get your thoughts on you know a lot of the i think the most innovative projects the projects that i in my opinion that have some of the uh, not only the best tech, but some of the best, you know, 3D animation, some that have actually integrated, you know, AR in ways that I think are are pretty exciting. You know, I feel like they haven't got a lot of love in the uh, in the NFT uh, community. And I say a lot of love in the sense of like the people that hold a lot of those NFTs love them. But from as far as, let's just say, floor price or noto- notoriety or, you know, kind of exposure, what is, what's your take? Is it a lot of this, I think, you know, from, I'll just share my own personal opinion is a lot of the, a lot of it is getting people to, to the baseline and then realizing what they can actually have that's bigger and better. And it's even why for me, a lot of the projects that I have in my bag from early on, I have I planned on holding them onto them for a while because I know that the tech is kind of too early for its times for a lot of people. But I'm curious, like, what is your take on that? Like kind of a, you know, you know, people love a roadmap that doesn't have any dates for delivery and, and is you know, looks like a six flags map yet. If you give a project that has some really cool metadata uh, you know, opportunity in it, it kind of feels like it it doesn't get, they love it. It should uh, deserve what's your take on that and kind of like the market and kind of where we're at right now.
0: Um, well, first of all on roadmaps, I'm not a big fan of roadmaps. I actually own not roadmap.com. It's our way of doing things. It's just a Trello board. Um, We I don't believe in like you said the Six Flags roadmap of just like hype based like oh we're gonna do this thing over here like no just watch us continually build things in a typical agile Kanban board like that's that's how I like to see it Um, as far as like why aren't people flocking to things that are like high concept it's because this market is is most like ninety nine percent of people are here because of money I I would venture to say hundred percent of people are here because of money um, at some point um, because if they weren't they're like the this type of art, like these profile pictures, we would have seen some kind of semblance of this in a traditional art world, like deviant art, would at least have like some paid creators or something like that. But no, um, I think people need to be honest with themselves and realizing that most people are here because they want to make money. Um, for us, of course, we want to make money so we can stay in the space. But our goal is just to keep developing technology that eventually people will catch up to. Unfortunately, um, when you're in a market like this that's moving as quick as this, a um, bubble market, multiple bubble market, um, you don't have people's attention spans for too long. Um, that's why we have people catching abuse from collectors three days in asking when like a eight-month dev thing isn't done. So it's just wildly um, unrealistic expectations, I think, in mean, any kind of fever pitch market. Um, but now since things are kind of slowing down, it's a lot more comfortable for builders and it just it's it's easier to exist. But I guess to round it back and stop rambling and answer your question. I think it's just because people want to make money right now. Um if we've had a lot of people come into just the BlazeCat server and say, Where's the utility, guys? It's like, guys, this is like literally the most utility that you can get in NFT and they're like, Yeah, but it's not making me money. Because that's the utility that they want. They want the, the price mechanic utility, not like a Swiss army knife of NFTs. So it's really what it is. And that shakes out eventually. Like you've seen it with crypto. Um, there's still capitalism in crypto, but there's a lot of pro- like crypto coins that are doing shit now rather than just like trying to dangle the bit in front of people's faces.
1: Well, I mean, as you were saying that I, I was, you know, nodding my head and then I was getting a little bit like a little frustrated and a little pissed off on just the idea. Cause I think you're right. I, and I, and that pissed off at, you know, people making money. I think that that is a, a perfectly, uh, you know, reasonable, you know, reason to be in this space. But I think that that element of like understanding, you know, what true value is, right? How do we actually convey value? How do we establish value? And, and you, you, mentioned something there on like, you know, the utility of people want is really just the, whatever utility is that, you know, making them money and the utility of, you know, of propping up, um you know, the floor price or whatever that may be. I'm curious, your take, you know, as someone that looked at this space from a uh, innovation solve problems, you know, The marketplace as a whole, like marketplaces uh, as a whole, you know, there's definitely some need for, you know, innovation in the sense of, you know, how things are displayed, how things are verified, where all of those things go. What's your take on like, kind of like that overall, like marketplace idea of like where the attention is, how people are, are, you know, minting their projects, how those are like, what is your, what is your thoughts there as far as tech and maybe some innovation things that we should be all thinking about?
0: Honestly, fuck all those marketplaces. Like it's like we're here for decentralization, and we're crying about whether or not a corporation is verifying us on their thing. It's it's such a it's such a like a conflated messaging there, and it's really tired to hear. Like, but how can, how can we gonna... have
1: all of our centralized features in our decentralized world if we don't have bust? <laughs> I say that tongue in cheek because I couldn't agree more. I, I, I sorry, go
0: ahead. But but moving on, like I, I think that. We need to look less upon like one of these huge, massive, like OpenSea killers to rise up. Like, it looks rare or an X2, Y2 or something like that. It's unrealistic. Like, OpenSea owns the market for more reasons than just being an NFT marketplace. They have an API that's hugely used in the industry. It sucks, but it's a a dependency on a lot of shit. There's a lot of reasons why OpenSea is the leader in what they're doing. And the future isn't a company coming up and beating that. The future of these projects like CryptoPunks or even Doji Crew Marketplace um, are, are creating their own marketplaces, creating marketplaces that are proprietary um, to the project that they represent. And that's either going to be sold in their own uh, proprietary currency. I, I hate saying proprietary, much, but sold in their own currency or sold in any currency. Um, but the thing is like, Saying like, okay, like what features does OpenSea need, I am developing features for OpenSea every day. Like the quantum viewers develop add features into OpenSea constantly. We've we've added Tezos support to OpenSea way before they were even thinking about adding it. So for us, like it's not about like waiting for these 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 assholes to to write new features for us or anything like that. It's about creating what we want and make our own marketplace. All OpenSea is is a front end for a smart contract. We can write the smart contract and we can build the front ends. And when people start realizing that and it's just common sense that a project launches and it has its own marketplace, that's when you see um, the big guys start getting scared. Not when new competitors rise up because we know it's a very fucking long shot for anybody to take OpenSea off the throne.
1: I mean, I couldn't agree more. And I, and I, I love that you brought up the idea of like creating your own marketplace. Uh, you know, we are buying an NFT, you know, every single day for a year. Uh, today is day 108 that we're recording the podcast. And the, the Doji Crew one is actually one of the NFTs that we minted here, um, as part of the, of part of our, our Mint 365 project. And I will say, like, one of the things that I, I feel like is, is kind of, you know, and, I, and I'm asking this because, you know, I, you know the fact that we are you know this podcast and we are able to kind of grow the audience that we're now growing like for me, part of this is kind of bridging that gap and hopefully educating people on not just how do we take web two innovative thoughts or web two processes or web two world and flip it into web three but like how can we not fall into these same traps that we have in the past and so you mentioned that the the doji crew one and and for me like the, the gamification, the solo marketplace, the idea of, uh, of even simplicity of like you can, you can actually reveal your art or not reveal your art. You can make the decisions as you're going. Talk to us a little bit about that project, just like all of the things that are going in there, because I don't think enough people are aware of some of those innovative projects that are kind of building that all-encompassing package.
0: And you're, you're talking about Doji, right? You're talking yeah, about that Doji. yeah, Doji. Yeah, Doji. Doji is wild. Um, Doji started um, James Aim, the the artist. Him and I kind of started Clubhouse around the same time. We were just always in the same rooms. And I, the funny thing is I've been a fan of his since about 2006. I saw a picture that he did on Reddit. And um, just since then, I've really liked what he did. I've, I've always been a fan of Legos. He's in the Lego aesthetic. It's just like something I'm into. Um, after we did our projects and stuff like that, he came to me and he says, Hey, I, I love what you're doing um, let's do a generative project. And we, we went through, um, by generative, I mean like a, the PFP avatar, not something it's like, like, uh, programmatically generated or oh, all program, you, you know what I mean? Um, then uh, avatar, fuck, whatever, moving on. Um, but we, we thought through it and the, the first concept that we came up with, that was just pure tech was the idea of this composable trait system where, Doji crew here very soon are going to be able to pull off all of their traits, like their skin colors, their body cameras and stuff like that, into individual NFTs. Those will be 1155 NFTs that you'll be able to sell and trade and make different dojis out of. But to get there, we had to build a bunch of smaller pieces of tech that would kind of be amalgamized later into that. And those smaller pieces of tech would end up being the courier, which is a system that we built that enabled NFT to NFT gifting. Um, where you're actually able to send nft gifts to dojis so much so if you check out courier.dojicrew.com and type in number 7293 you can see that there is a mutant ape pinned or gifted to the unminted doji crew number 7293 so um, we're even able to do this to unminted ones it's really crazy Uh, but that wasn't enough like we want to do even crazier stuff so Um, Like you said, the the choice to reveal was an interesting dynamic because we really like the idea of these like rarity axes um, of just different ways to derive rarity from a project. So one of the ones that we came up with was the revealed versus unrevealed state and giving the user the ability to go in and reveal it, add a bio to it, add a name to it, and um, then it will be finally open and free for people to see on OpenSea um there's so much other tech um there's so many other cool things um we've just split the doji crew collection in half so half of it is good half of it's evil um that involved the complete regeneration of all the assets um james had to go in and completely redraw um hundreds of new features and we split the collection and it's badass like it's doji's cool and then finally like the the kind of the feature that people really should be writing home about is the fact that each doji is passively earning what's called Zingot, which is an ERC-20. And um, they will earn that at least for the next five years. Every single day, you can go in and claim Zingot off of your doji. Now, Zingot can be used at dojicrew.com slash market to purchase one of one, um, one of fives, um, and all kind of artwork, not only from James Aim, the creator of Doji Crew. But to from Anti Crash, who is the author and creator of the book that we have that brings everything together. We have art from, um, from Slowhead, aka Arcade Logic, um, who is our content and uh, media specialist. Um, we have art from Backman, who's um, here in a crowd that's the artist behind 21 Buanas and just a massive supporter in the community, who's actually our first invite into the marketplace but it's badass like there's some real cool little DeFi mechanics to it um, there's tech that you've never seen before and it's not minted out yet so you have the opportunity to go grab one at this point there's zyngot on them they've been stacking zyngot since the contract was deployed so everyone you mint will have months worth of zingot already occurred on it so that's my spiel i don't want to sound too silly on it because no
1: i hate, no i asked and uh, I will say like, I mean, to me, like there's like that element, right? So I have, and I, you know, I, I remember, you know, to me, I think it was one of the first that I, uh, had seen an NFT that allowed me like to rename my NFT. Right. So I have, I think I have uh, Lieutenant girl dad is one of mine that I <laughs> had renamed, uh, right when that kind of rolled out. And you'll know, also kind of like that, the, the tokenomics, uh, element that's on there. And I love that you brought up, you know, for those that are listening here on the podcast, I'll make sure to, uh, and inc- I have the, the website up right now, right in front of me, I will include, uh, the links to that, um, in the show notes that you can kind of jump in there. Uh, the last thing I want to bring up, you know, you're, uh, I, I love the creativity that this space allows for us to kind of push some elements. Like I, I remember seeing my, I think it was my mobile phone discord notifications when all of a sudden it said something with, a, there was like a bunch of red X's across my, my, my mobile phone notifications. And I was like, what the hell just happened to my discord server? And I didn't realize that there was, that that was, uh, I would say it was a marketing, a marketing ploy or it was a, a way of kind of Notifying, uh, you know, the those that were in uh, the Doji Crew's uh, Discord that the X Crew uh, component was kind of coming out the evil side. So I'm curious, just from you know the the idea of like thinking beyond, like where I mean, is it is it the idea that you're just throwing things out there? Like, where would you challenge people that are listening that either? they have a project or they're looking for ways to help or push other projects. Like what are some of the ways that you're kind of thinking? Cause you're not thinking outside the box. Like you're just, you just don't believe a box exists. And I'm curious, like if you have some like, you know, words of wisdom or some ideas that of kind of how those things come to life. Cause I've been impressed with like that, the creativity of a lot of the things that are either brought to market or even just the way that you're kind of, uh, you know, putting people on notice and doing things that others probably aren't willing to do.
0: For us and that that thing that you're talking about was like an ARG, like a game that we released. Um and it was it was like a save our server game where if you got into it, you got sucked into this part of the server where no one could see you and you had to defeat and all these robots that were coming or the server would inevitably perish. So it was um it was neat. It, it was really neat and it was loud and like you said like you saw what was happening. So um it served its pur- purpose, but as far as like how to just kind of get things out there and not think within boxes. I would just go with your gut. Um, I would say most of the stuff that you see doesn't require as much thought on the onset going into it as you might think. Like A lot of the stuff that's really layered and seems really deep is just a bunch of small ideas on top of each other. I, I think a lot of people get scared to even have those small ideas and that's why you're not able to compound into bigger ideas. So for me, it's not always like, don't try to figure out the next big thing. Like badges, for instance, to round back to that, was never meant to be like the biggest thing ever. But it's turning out to be our most used feature. Um, for us, it was just how can we do a little small thing um, and be minimal? For me, that's that's I guess that's the way it is. Like I love minimalism, and I would like to exude that into not only the copy I'm creating, the things I'm designing the tech I'm inventing. Um, but also the ways I choose to kind of propagate those things. Um, just try to be minimal, um, try to be minimal, be very loud. And for us, I guess our mantra is build in silence and come out screaming. Um, don't, don't sit there and pre-announce a bunch of bullshit. Um, don't, don't overinflate expectations before you release something because you'll never know what, if it's going to be a hit or not. Like I've had so many things that just were not it that you just got to be ready for that. Um, bunch of rambles. I guess that's my points.
1: No, I mean, you took it exactly where I was hoping you would take it or in a way, because I think that's, that to me, you know, is, you know, part of the exciting part about this space. But I, you know, I'll just say like, I I really appreciate you jumping on the podcast and sharing this point of view. I don't, you know, we've done 110 plus episodes now and we haven't had, you know this authentic kind of views of the space as well as the innovation and you know and I think part of that is you know I will take a little bit of that ownership on myself on you know not doing my best job and due diligence to kind of drive into some of these uh projects and many of them I already own right and i uh it's even one of the things that we kind of have to look at ourselves i think it's very easy for us to look for the next shiny object uh, often and i think it's it's probably preferred and i think those that are are looking at their current bag or or what you know existing you know projects communities are already are thriving and have, you know, kind of that open door, um, you know, opportunity I think is something that's, you know, really exciting. So, I mean, for everyone that's listening here, you know, definitely check out the, I'll put links to these projects that are in there. Uh, you know, I, I am holding them Do of course do your own damn research, but at the same time, you know, we, we talk a lot about, you know, investing in those that are pushing the space forward and not just being, you know, money hungry or only looking for projects that, you know, talk about the floor price every day, all day in their Discord. And I mean, these examples, this last, you know, 40 minutes or so has been, uh, for me, part of, you know, this is what I, why I'm excited for this space. This is what I think this entire Web3 space is all about. So uh, I think, thanks a bunch, Rug, for, for jumping on here, for uh, sharing this out there with our audience. Well, we should definitely connect up on on the badge. I would love to figure out a way to kind of uh integrate that into what we're doing here with the podcast as well. Hell yeah. Hey, I like it. it sounds like there's a roadcaster over there. I like <laughs> I like it. So um for everyone that's listening, you know, you know, I, I truly do believe that you know the limitations on innovation for many of us is just what we are willing to try what we're willing to reimagine rethink and I you know I preach it it's the mantra of this podcast is that you know we are greater than me and we don't have to go on this alone right we can go in this together work with others that are are doing really cool things and I truly do believe in this power of collaboration uh, and collaboration to to see what's possible to reinvent the ways that we're we're currently doing things and so uh, with that being said thank you everybody for tuning in as as always we appreciate you and until tomorrow make it a good one cheers this show is not financial advice so do your own damn research